0: Welcome to the Launch Strategist podcast with your host, Katrina Douglas, author, trainer and launch strategist for corporate leaders, helping you launch projects that light you up, make money and get you closer to the goals that matter.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of COVID Launch Case Studies. Meet the Success Stories even, where I introduce you to some incredible founders who have launched some incredible businesses during this pandemic, really just to encourage, inspire you um, that if you want to launch something in this season, you absolutely can do it. And I'm bringing the best on to give you some tips and advice on how they've actually done it in real time. So welcome, Fidela Shonde.
0: Thank you, (laughs) Katrina. Thank you for having me.
1: No, more than welcome. More than welcome. So, Fidelis, I like to rather than say, you know, who you are and what you do, I like to start with the question what's your story and how did we get here?
0: That's a deep question because usually it's just like, okay, what's what's your business? (laughs) You can give them the the, um, elevator pitch. Uh, What's my story? Okay, so, year of 2017, I was going through Bible college. Yeah. So Bible College with um Word of Faith, which is now called Place of Grace.
1: Yeah. And
0: during the lesson lesson, we were praying, and I just kind of just got a flash and I just saw Grace to the Humble. Bear in mind we hadn't read the scripture which wow. speaks about Grace of <laughs> the Humble, but I just <laughs> saw a flash and then um an idea just dropped to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um for, for a fashion brand. Yeah. So in my mind I was saying, okay, well, what are the pieces to this? How do I do it? I've apart from doing design, which I have a, a little bit of a background in, I'm self taught. I've never kind of delved into fashion. So how do I go about it, even though I have a a big interest into it? Um, So I formulated the idea and the big ethos of it was to make sure that some of the proceeds were going towards helping the homeless. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always had a heart for the homeless. So I wanted to make sure that I was, while pushing forward um, a business, I was also helping um, that part of things. So 2017 Mm -hmm. is when I got the idea. I sat on Mm -hmm. that.
1: Until yeah. 2019,
0: yeah. <laughs> so two years of just stewing and sitting on it. Um, yeah. I'm a good thinker, right? So I can yeah. think of 5,000 plans, but um, sometimes putting those into action can be the difficult bit for me. So 2019, I said, you know what? This year, I just have to execute. Yeah. So um, at church, there was an announcement for a festival called the summerstown yeah. Festival in Camden.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and it was in two weeks. So it would be it said, um, we would be there and we would be doing some evangelism, and other bits and pieces. Yeah. So right there, I just felt, okay, do you know what? I've got to do this. Um, I've got mm. this proof of concept at least. Let me start this. And at least I'm putting my foot to the pedal. There's some action. There's some execution. Let me just get yeah. things going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so within the, it wasn't even two weeks, actually. It was, I think, just over a week. I had to get everything uh-huh. ready and I had to go to the suppliers. I had to make sure the stuff was designed. Uh, <laughs> I had to um, drive. No, I wasn't driving. I, I had to, um, sorry, take a cab Yeah. To get they get the t-shirts get them all done ready for the for the um summer sounds fair make sure mm-hmm. that um i paid for my store. yeah, and um, we sold a few t-shirts there now that experience was great because it was yeah. face-to-face there were so many other things going on mm-hmm. um and i actually got to speak with people and see what their feedback yeah. was live of a new concept of new product and explain mm-hmm. to them the, the ethos behind it so yes yeah. casual brand um, a streetwear brand, but this is the heart of what we're doing. It was great to see people's response. It was very encouraging. We saw quite yeah. a few on that day, which surprised me um, yeah. because I hadn't fully formulated the idea. I just wanted to do something. Um, yeah. So that was that was a big boost for me, but also <laughs> face-to-face. It also showed me that um, I probably want to do this online. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to shop. I wanted to do this online, so e-commerce. So um, I, I was working on that, and then things kind of fizzled out you know mm-hmm. you get busy with life things get yeah. busy work, in the like 2012 tw- 2020 and um the pandemic came around
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i had so many thoughts in my mind i had had a website up I had rebranded the logo mm-hmm. um but again there was no push there was no drive and as soon as the pandemic came about I, something just kind of just dropped to me i need to yeah. i need to birth this again yeah. it needs to be like a resurgence so yeah. i worked pretty hard throughout the the first few months um from march april may to get things back up and running got a new product line got some new designs redesigned the logo um all of those bits and pieces and um since then we've been pushing we've been yeah. we've been working quite hard we've matched up with um a few charities who support yeah. the homeless so uh, evolve housing and support um they're based in Croydon. we we We've um, paired with them. They help and support us. We've had so much um, growth in regards to who we are, what we're doing. I have a small team as well. So, I mean, that's how we got here. I don't want to give you the the A to Z, but <laughs> those, are, those are a few of the points.
1: There are so much in that. So let's start with how the idea came, because I think that's powerful, um, because I think a lot of us have that divine moment. And I guess these are some things that we don't speak about in business. Like, actually, how did you land at this idea? And it's a culmination of your experiences in life. So for you, you did have some design background. You you did have an interest in the homeless. But there's this moment, there's this divine moment where it's like, this is the idea. And I think that with a lot of kind of legacy-driven business, purpose-driven businesses, that happens so I think that's really interesting that that's been part of your story and so it's that it's we never know when that's going to happen I'm not saying that we should absolutely wait for that to happen um but when that happens we need to jump on it and I say that yeah yeah I say that because there's there'll be some people I'm sure watching this and they will have that moment and they'll think it's just a passing thought or you know I can't do it um, and they'll they'll let it pass. But sometimes the seed of something huge is in that split second moment where you're like, you know what? this is it. So I love that, and that's important to drive home. And I think linked to that is what you said that you know, you didn't strictly have the experience in a clothing brand, you know? Um, and I think that's important as well because again, on a platform like LinkedIn, especially, there'll be so, so many people that have had a career, in a certain field and they think well this is what i've done i really don't have experience doing this idea that i have so i'm just going to bench it so can you speak to that and tell us like what was it that was like you know what i my background is sales and marketing but i'm just going to i'm going to do this what what was that
0: yeah so definitely what what you said was was quite powerful one thing i've learned is that is to honor the idea
1: i love that i love that yeah, yeah.
0: I think we have so many ideas um that come we entertain it and then it goes like we're we're very hyped for it we're enjoying it we're planning stuff out and then we lose we lose the fire through and it it kind of just dies out and it goes in the wayside and once in a while we think about like what could that have been and I've just been learning to honor the idea so yes I I sat in it for two years but it it sat with me it Mm -hmm. wasn't something where it came and it went and I think feel especially about the Grace of humbles because it came to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think some ideas you can formulate and they'll be brilliant, but yeah. when an idea comes to you, yeah, I feel that that's something different. Um, yeah. And and I feel like yes, you have to honor those those situations. And as you, like you said, I had no experience in mm-hmm. um in, in creating a fashion brand. It meant mm-hmm. that I had to do a lot of learning. I had to do a lot of research. But for me, I've realised that sometimes you just have to take the first step.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: I've I've read about certain entrepreneurs that had no idea how to do what they wanted to do, but they just mm-hmm. made a step towards it. You think about people like Richard Branson, who started off with Virgin Records, um, selling records at the boot of his car to mm-hmm. aviation. What did he know about aviation?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Probably not a lot, but he was no. able to make that first step, get the right people in place, and make a successful company and multiple successful mm-hmm. companies with that kind of our um, mentality. So for yeah. me it's it's not a thing of experience is really good, but I think more so the drive to learn and um, the yeah. drive to understand is probably one of the most important a- aspects. And for me that's what it was with Grace of the Humble White. I took the idea, yes, I sat on it, but I honored the idea and I'm still burning yeah. that out.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think there's a couple of things there as well. So like we are actually stewards of the idea. And when you're stewarding something it's it's not like you just get the idea and that's it it's constantly evolving and sometimes we wait until the idea is fully formed but there's something about moving even when the idea isn't fully complete and you know that there's more because i really believe that sometimes it's only when you move and take those first steps that you get the more sometimes we're sitting there still waiting for the more but you gotta to move to get the more and and i think that's 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 key
0: that's powerful yeah hundred percent
1: yeah i agree do. with that you absolutely do so Let's talk about the name, because I love the name, Grace of the Humble. And it's really interesting, actually, because the last guest I have, his business is Cultivating Wonder. And wow. sometimes there's something about a name, like names are powerful. Their names are really powerful. And, you know, I've known you now. We go to the same church. So I've known you now for a good few years. But aside from that, I'm big fans of you and your wife. I think you're incredible people. Is the fact that. This business, it's just you know, objectively speaking, I love it. And so, you know, at the weekend for Mother's Day, my daughter and I were in matching Grace to the Humble tracksuits. And for me, there was a, there was there was something in that. So right. not only do I love the quality, but the fact that I'm repping Grace to the Humble with my child, I, I'm sure there's a number of things that I'm telling her in that. One, yes. um, I think it's important not just to wear Adidas and Nike. <laughs> Two, that there's people among us that we know doing great things and it's important to sort of support them. And three, the slogan about grace to the humble. I think I want to hear about what that means to you. But I think what's powerful about that is I think in the people that wear your brand, it means something to us. But let's talk about that name and what it means to you. Um, yeah. And how that informs the vision.
0: A hundred percent. So for me, um, grace and the humble, it comes from the scripture James four mm-hmm. six. Um, I read it out because I don't want to misquote. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble." Mm-hmm. Or in New King James, says, "Grace to the humble." And for me, it's all about being submitted, being open, and being a vessel. That's what grace and the humble is all about. So yes, some of the pieces of clothing, it's going to be loud. And I don't think being loud, being confident in who you are is not being humble. I think it's the opposite. Um, but grace and humble embodies the spirit of servitude. It embodies the spirit of being used to your maximum potential. That's what grace and humble is about for me. So that's that's why it was very important that it was called grace to the humble. Um, and that it really just reinforced that kind of scripture that by by being humble, God is going to lift us up. Yeah. That's that's the main force behind it. And again, as I said for the servitude, it's in regards to that link in that heart towards the homeless, being able to give and love on them and contribute to them. Um, is also I I feel that's also links quite importantly to the scripture.
1: Yeah. I love that. So let's, I want to dig deeper into that. And yes, Wendy, I love the Shondays too. Thank you for joining us live. Um, All of you that are watching live will catch the replay. Tell us where you're coming in from. Feel free to ask any questions. So yeah, we we love that, Wendy. Thanks for joining. So let's talk about that. And I want to talk about this concept of counterculture. because. <laughs> Because I think it's important. And many of us that are in this space, like we're doing this, this is the vision, we're going for it. There's something very counterculture. We're like the world says pride and flash on social media. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, this, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh Where it's very much um indulging self and mm-hmm, yeah. all of those things. And in a culture like that, you're saying, words like humility and a lot of people when you say that a lot of people are thinking what servitude what but I love that because actually what we mean by that is not often what culture thinks about that so and it's this thing about you have a brand that on the surface is this fashion brand and the quality is amazing and you know whether you're a personal faith or not like you look at this stuff and think I could wear that I could rock that this is Incredible stuff. I love the design, design quality, everything. And yet, we're saying something very loud and we're saying something very different and something very counterculture. There's a boldness that you need to do that. Talk to me about that.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you say, well, I guess we'll get into it a bit more later Mm -hmm. in regards to um, launching during during the pandemic, but what you would have seen is a massive spike in certain things like podcasts and fashion Mm -hmm. brands. And, and a lot of those are, as you, as you kind of said, it's very much as I must be seen yeah. as the greatest. I've got to be seen as flashy. I've got to be seen as making all the money. I've got to um, be on world domination. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, yeah, that's very much a cultural thing, but I don't feel like that is something that is sustainable. I don't think that's something that is um, advantageous to what we are trying to build as a people. And yeah. when I say people, I mean um, just citizens. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so so for me, it's important to demonstrate that we can be great in our ability to give. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realise that, I mean, people are chasing, um, they're reading up on these billionaires, they're. they're, everybody wants to be um, a millionaire, but they don't Mm -hmm. realise that some of these billionaires are the biggest philanthropists. Yes,
1: absolutely. Because
0: they don't understand that part of what kind of got them there was the fact that they're able to give freely. Yeah. I don't think that mentality is widespread. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's what I want to be able to do. Yes, give, give some of your time. Yes, give some of your money, give some of your experience. It's all about giving. And I feel that like when you're able to give freely, you're able to receive freely as well.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: as a benefit of that. So that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to show. Um, especially with this brand. We're not trying to indulge yourself, yeah. You're gonna look good, you're gonna mm-hmm. feel great. That's yeah. cool. Um, but it's more so about community and it's yeah. all about being a part of a whole
1: yeah love that um and actually on that note on the one of the best books on selling is a book called the go giver so an incredible book and it speaks to that idea that actually before you can you know, it's this, this principle of before you reap, you have to sow. And this notion of giving and reciprocity is very much part of prosperity. Um, and so the book, The Go-Giver, really does speak to that. Definitely one of the best sales books I've, I've, I've read. Um, and I want to touch on this idea of values. So you have to know what you stand for. Because people that are building businesses in this time and have been like, you know what, I am covid can't stop stop me the reason covid hasn't been able to stop the movements is because it's bigger than the pandemic it's like when you when you what you said about the fact that you know you you had to honor the idea so covid or not the idea had to be honored and that's the difference when you've built a business on a value system and on principles that transcend the moment that you're in, that transcend circumstances, because it's bigger than that. And so that's why a lot of times when we speak about building a business on purpose, it, it, it sounds very fluffy and, and all of this. And it's not the be all and end all. But when you don't have purpose fundamentally, as you're part of your foundation, when the wind comes and blows like it has tremendously in pandemic, your business will be gone. It will be gone. And so you that underpinning of legacy and values and is, is crucial. And it's a big differentiator between the businesses that we will see that will rise and flourish like yours in this time and those that will be gone and have gone, you know? Because when you have an idea that you want to honour, we have no choice but to make a way because to let it go isn't an option. So we actually have no choice but to make it work. And so, you know... In this series, a big part of this series is very much about talking about what is the differences that make a business able to stand during a pandemic. And so these are the things that speak to that. And this is the difference between a, a business that, you know, is a six figures in six months type of business and get rich quick type of scheme and, and one that is might take longer to grow. But actually, it's going to be here in, in a decade or or so so yeah. yeah love that love that so actually let's get to the questions because I actually at all of that and I haven't actually touched <laughs> so <laughs> so um so I guess we've covered some of these things like why did you launch in the pandemic but um I guess you've spoken to that it wasn't intentional the pandemic came the idea came we had to move but is how has in if in any way the pandemic affected your business and your journey so far?
0: Yeah, that's that's a great question. I know we moved on to the questions, but something Mm. you just said in regards to the principles is powerful. So I just want to speak on that very, Mm -hmm. very quickly. And and the fact that um as you said it being on purpose and being on principle. I feel that's important because as you said, it transcends a moment and transcends just um an initial idea. Yeah. And and I, I think back to companies like um Nintendo,
1: mm-hmm. who, who
0: pivoted. I mean, what they were—they're hundreds of years old—and they started with playing cards, and they moved into something completely different. Being able to have that purpose behind it means that you're able to pivot and keep it going regardless of what what comes. Um, yeah. And I think that that's been a big thing for me um, during the the pandemic. But back to the question. So for me, it's there's been several things. So. Mm-hmm. There's been with the pandemic came, as I said, a lot of competition in regards to other brands. So mm-hmm. when I say competition, I mean other brands coming up. I don't necessarily yes. feel like we are competing, but I guess mm-hmm. in business terms for a consumer, yeah. we are. Um if we're looking at the same demographic. Mm-hmm. So that that came um with it. But also what came was a lot of opportunity. Yeah. So you have a captive audience when the pandemic came and lockdown came everybody was at home Mm -hmm. and screen time went up significantly which means that there's a lot more bandwidth of attention Mm -hmm. that you can now get a piece of and that was very uh, advantageous for us as well because we were able to say okay you know what now we can start to appeal and we did some of our audience testing before but we needed to do a, a lot more just to kind of pin down our demographic mm-hmm. so uh, we were able to do a lot more tests get a lot more um get a lot more response engagement see where that was coming from and it really just helped us to build out the the company a bit more yeah so yeah opportunity came massively um also just again talking about pivoting just innovation that kind of came out of Um, the pandemic as well out of the lockdown because I had to think of different ways to be able to get stuff done Yeah Um, So that was in sourcing uh, my materials making sure that the my suppliers Had exactly what I needed even if I couldn't go to visit them making sure everything was done in the right way um, Mm -hmm. Mobilizing the team making sure that social media was done properly um, making sure that packaging was done when things where there was a lot less contact, when mm-hmm. lead times were massive and crazy, so you had yeah. to innovate there. Um, even down to a photo shoot that we did, mm-hmm. um, when obviously COVID safe, uh, mm-hmm. um, social distance safe, but being able to do a, a photo shoot and having all the buildings locked, mm-hmm. so there's nowhere to change, there's nowhere yeah. to do all those things. Yeah. And what what does that mean? How How do you go about it? Your models need to maintain their dignity while they're changing they can't just be changing on um sh- out in the open exactly yeah. or putting the sheets over them so what do yeah. you do i had to yeah. find pop-up tents, pop-up changing yeah. rooms, and, and move in that way and that was yeah. a way for them to change maintain their dignity um also keep warm and mm-hmm. keep it moving so there's just so i think the biggest thing that came out of it was innovation and i think we're still yeah. yet to see in general The innovations that will come from this kind of period, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many businesses that will be built on the foundation of um, the pandemic and the lockdown because they've had to innovate, and I feel like that happens um, throughout history. Anytime there's a massive obstacle, there's a um, a financial downturn or a hindrance, innovation is birthed from it. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I love that Mrs. Shonday's chiming in there as well. Yeah, we love that innovation, and it's this idea that. Um, you know, we exactly what you said in that we haven't even began to see the fruit of this season in terms of the innovation that's going to come off the back of it. Because I've said it a number of times, we're going to see business models that we haven't seen before. We're going to see ideas that we've never seen before, and we're only going to start seeing that as we kind of come out of that. Um, but I love that. But I also want to touch on this idea of competition because one of the things that will quickly Uh, damage your business is when we build businesses in a silo. And so you did two things. Um, Even though, yes, this is a divine, purposeful idea, like we have to be sensible and use our common sense as well and be practical as well and steward the idea from that perspective, not just be like, I think this is a great idea, let's go. So in spite of the fact that you had this divine idea, you kind of felt that it was the right thing, you still honored that by you know, talking to potential customers, testing the market um, and looking at competition. And let's speak about competition because I think there's two schools of thought. One that thinks that, that, thinks that you know, you really need to, to find out exactly what you'll do, the competition is doing, sometimes follow them, model them, um, that type of school of thought. Like we can't move and know what the competition is doing. And then there's the other school of thought that is like we don't even care like, about competition. Like competition doesn't exist. And I think where you found yourself, which I agree, is bang in the middle. Like competition, we have to acknowledge that it's there. There is competition. We're in business, you know. It's it's you know. I mean, we're you know, we're not out here trying to destroy each other. But you know, you have we have to have an awareness of what's happening so that we can be in tune with the times. We can find out what's happening. Um, So yeah, we have to be an awareness of it. And there is you know no competition in the sense that. If you have a great idea, like how many versions of water are on the shelves? Do you know what I mean? So in that sense, there isn't. But we have to be really, really realistic and honest about the fact that competition doesn't doesn't exist and you don't have to copy them or imitate them. And often it's helpful to do actually the opposite of what they're doing. But we do need to have an awareness of them. And competition is very, very good for the market. Um, It's good to have competition. So yeah, I just really wanted to speak about those things. So, what has been the hardest part of
0: the journey so far? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, the hardest part. So honestly, one of the hardest things is just the impetus you need to get a business going and something like mm. this going. Um, impetus in regards to, okay, well, you've got to, as you said, you've got to do your research, you've got to break it down. Okay.
1: Yeah. What
0: what's gonna work? What kind of um Piece is going to work. How are we going to price that? What kind of margin are we looking at? How do we make sure that it's affordable? Let's look at logistics. How do we make sure that that's sorted out? I think it's just the mechanisms of the business have been very difficult. Yeah. Um. um, In that way, um. But when I mean input, it's also just the time that you Mm -hmm. put in, especially um. So as you mean, as you've alluded to, I'm a sales and market professional. Um. I have a a day job, and doing that, which is very extremely um draining and yeah. then working on your your passion yeah. um is difficult. And I know a lot of people say, well, if it's your passion, you'll get energy from somewhere. That's not <laughs> always the case. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's your passion, but you're just like, I can't do this right now. You yeah. have to push. Yeah. So yeah, for me it, it's basically just been um the hard work that's gone behind the scenes, the late mm-hmm. nights, sometimes the early mornings, the stresses of um sorting things out. What do you do when your website goes down? Yeah. Um, what do you do when a supplier shuts down for a moment those kind of situations which people don't see in the in the forefront they see the product they see the glossy but yeah. behind the, behind the scenes there's there's a lot of work and sweat and tears going yeah. into it just to yeah. present you with the basic um, you yeah. not even the the good or the excellent so um yeah for me it's just the work that's gone into it that's been the hardest thing
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: for me but it's also been very rewarding
1: yeah absolutely so let's talk about that because there's There'll be a lot of people watching this that are in the same predicament as you, um, holding down a full time job and still want to get this idea off the ground. And I'm one of those people that I'm like, hold on to your job until you're <laughs> like, don't be out here, jumping in shit when you've got bills to pay. It's not yeah. So, you know, I'm very much of that school of thought that stay. you know, build your sideline until you know that you can take care of what you need to take care of without the job. So. What advice would you give to someone who is at that stage? It's like, I don't have enough time as it is. What are you talking about? Launch this idea. What, what would you say to them? Or what tips would you give them?
0: I would say break it down. I yeah. would say break it down. Um, there's an adage that says, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is a piece at a time. Yeah. Um, some of these ideas are big. And that's probably the reason why a lot of people have not started it looks so massive yeah. that they don't know where to start but my thing is try to break it down and do what you can with the time that you have yeah. and before you know what you would have accomplished a lot more than yeah. if you had just stood there in awe of it and say I can't do this
1: exactly so,
0: yeah it's, it's about user, utilizing the time that you have no matter how small it is if you need to do some research do, do 10 minutes 20 minutes of reading that 10 minutes means that you're educating yourself daily or reach out use 10 minutes you have 10 minutes here or there because i don't know anybody who doesn't have any leisure time and don't mm-hmm. get me wrong leisure time is important so you must keep it but yeah. take 10 minutes out of your netflix and do something else with that time
1: yeah definitely and i think it it i, I like what you said about start with what you have and i think it is a matter of discipline good old-fashioned discipline and you know like you said looking at how you actually spend your day because i think when we look at really how we spend our days we'll be surprised at how many moments we can pick from here and there and Fantastic. it's really about you we just have to get better about at stewarding the time that we have
0: i, I agree like just yeah. just an example like for instance my you know iPhones they give you like screen time updates every week yeah. and sometimes you look at it and you're just like oh my goodness what was i doing last week
1: um
0: so I got to the point where I was just like you know what sometimes my phone distracts me quite a bit so okay if it's better that I spend an hour without my phone and have some concentrated Mm -hmm. focused work than an hour with my phone where you're doing bits and pieces so I literally just bought myself like a phone gel literally you pop it in put the timer in and put your hour in and you can't open it for an hour By why that what I mean is just help yourself do what you can to make sure that that time is focused yeah um just simple things like that
1: yeah and and that's what it is focused work and what I've actually found is honestly even as someone that works in my business full-time four hours of focused work is all I need literally it's amazing I the thing is we think we don't have any time because we're so distracted and our time is fragmented but actually it's this idea of focus um And I'll share actually afterwards a couple of books on that. So one is The One Thing that I would highly recommend. And the other thing is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Powerful, powerful, powerful book on the the power of focus. And I think focus is a differentiator, a massive differentiator, because in our society, most people cannot focus. They're distracted by so many things that if you can master the art of focus, you are head and shoulders. Uh, you're winning basically. Yeah. So yeah, really, really
0: good points. And so yeah, what was your launch process actually? <laughs> <laughs> um okay so I'll I'll give you my launch process and my relaunch yeah. process. Yeah. So initially 2019, um when we started the brand two years after sitting on it, the launch process was okay, let me get my my website up. Yeah. Again, I have a little bit of um experience in design so I did the website. Cool oh, it looks mm-hmm. all right. Um, on Shopify then, um, obviously, branding. So, made sure the logo was done. Um, made sure all the aesthetics were done. I yeah. also made sure that the research um, was also done on the mm-hmm. back end. So, that meant um, researching SEO. So, looking mm-hmm. at um, looking at keywords, seeing what people in the area were looking for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Praise the Humble was initially aimed locally, it was aimed at London. Um, mm-hmm. at, at, yeah, I mean, We'll talk a bit later about how that expanded and why that expanded, but mm-hmm. at the time it was initially aimed at London. So I want to see, okay, well, what do Londoners look for? What do they want? Let me do some keyword research on that. Okay, let's look at different demographics. What are they looking at? What kind of clothes are they looking at? Going on certain other um popular streetwear brands mm-hmm. and casual brands, just to do all of that research. Um, so that, that those were the main things. I did the research, I did the design, um, and I tried to sort out the infrastructure. So I got a supplier. That could um make sure that you're painting the clothes for me. I did the sampling, obviously before yeah. launching, just to see that the quality was good, yeah. um, that the printing was good. So that was the main thing. It wasn't um a hefty
1: yeah.
0: uh process for the for the launch. And but mm-hmm. as I said, things um did get a bit slow towards the end of the year, and then we did pretty much 2020. Now the mm-hmm. relaunch um process was slightly different. So with mm-hmm. the relaunch, we were looking at the rebrand.
1: Yeah. So
0: again, I changed the logo, I made sure that okay. What logos work well? What logos are visually pleasing? What, what do we need? So essentially, Christina Humble has two logos that come together as one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm sure you've seen one version of the logo is what you have on the cropped hoodie. So that's yeah. one version, which is quite nice, quite stylistic, quite plain. And Then you have this logo um, here. So those serve two different purposes um, mm-hmm. in regards to, OK, how do they fit on clothing? How do they yeah. look visually and what do they attract? Um, So they can both be used differently, but also very stylistically. So, yeah, a lot of work went into the rebrand. That meant rebranding the website, making sure it's up to date, making sure Mm -hmm. that um, Shopify was working well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, apart from that, then we looked at, we were also doing more research. So all sales we had from before, all the feedback we had, we were looking at that, trying to hold down on that. As I said, we expanded. So we realized that a lot of the custom and the interest we were getting from before was actually from the U.S.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so london's fashion londoners have a very different fashion choice from people in houston for instance yeah uh, um so now we have to look at okay well we still still want to stay true to what kind of uh the style we have but how do we slant that towards an audience that are very interested in, in doing that so it was yeah. looking at okay how to best package that how to present that on a website um how to advertise differently mm-hmm. so you've got your a b testing in regards to ad- um, advertisers. Um, so, how do I advertise differently to the U.S. than I do to the U.K.? How does that work? So, yeah, that went a lot of stuff went into the process, but that was included. Um, as I said, the website was done as well, and just the outreach was different. Yeah. So we made sure that we we figured out better the tone of voice, how we want mm-hmm. to come across stylistically, how we want to feel and look, and um, we're still getting down the interaction, but we but we were working on that as well. So. That was, those were all parts of the launch process. And again, we had to get a new supplier that could provide us with a bigger, um, a, a bigger pool of clothing that we wanted to have and um, mm-hmm. give us a bit more flexibility. Uh, mm-hmm. The brand is called Grace to the Humble.
1: Okay. Excellent. Just asking that so there's, there's a couple of things in there. Um, one is the idea that you started local local, and then you go global. And I'm a big fan of that. I think start start local, And then go global i think so often we want to go global and reach the world but actually learn first start small and think big and so i I like that so i just wanted to drive that home um the other thing is that everyone i've spoken to has launched differently there's no one way to launch and nine times out of ten it is not this massive behemoth launch it's more of a softer launch and It's a process. You go through a launch process and there's iterations. So it's not like there's one launch and that's it. As you learn, there's a relaunching. And then, you know, you may have the launching of different lines. So launching is a whole process. Um, And I think that I say that because I think sometimes we have sometimes I get people say, I don't know what a launch is. Um, And my answer is it can be any number of things. It's not one thing. It's just how you choose to get your business and your brand out the gate. and two, I think there's this perception that it has to be big and it has to be once. And so, you know, I just wanted to drive those those points home because um, one thing that is is common throughout that is that you are constantly learning from the market and that was informing your decisions. And I think if there's, there's, there's many things you can take away from this, but I think that is a very consistent thread. Um, and I think it will it has had a bearing on your success and will continue to because we have to listen to the market and we cannot build in silence. It's, it's very, very important. So what has been your biggest highlight so far?
0: <laughs> the biggest highlight. So uh, as I said, we are a brand with a heart for the homeless. So we have run two campaigns called There's Rice at Home we yeah. did one in twenty nineteen and then we did one at the end of twenty twenty. Um and the reason why those are some of the biggest moments because that's where we have a drive, um, which which has varied in month across the two, but yeah. um it's where we basically shine a spotlight on mm-hmm. on the plight of the homeless. We get some first hand accounts um from those that are Either very closely associated with homelessness, mm-hmm. as in they they may be at a hostel or they may be um, in rehabilitation, or those who are still in between um, mm-hmm. living arrangements. And we get we get um, their first accounts, We publicise that, and we also ask the public to donate what they can um, mm-hmm. to the homeless to the homeless. And then we work in association with a charity. So in 2020, again, it was Evolve um, Housing Support of London Housing Support. Um, And that's just a big thing for me because it's not lucrative for Grace to the Humble. It's not like Mm -hmm. it was my biggest highlight because we made a a shed load of money. That wasn't it. It's just the fact that we can use our platform um, and what we've built to be Mm -hmm. able to shine a light on truly what we feel is important. We feel Mm -hmm. that looking good is important. We feel that feeling good is important. But we also feel that doing good is most important. Yeah. Um, so for us, being able to do that and and yeah, get get the public on side, sh- show them um what's out there and also get them to donate and be able to give that um yeah. to the to the homeless is massive for us. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's been
1: massive. really good. And so, can we just speak a little bit more about how you marry that, that idea that that social good element that is so um, uh, such so central to your business and your mission? with a commitment to being commercial as well, because I think it's something that people struggle with because, you know, often you don't want to start a charity. That's not what the vision is. You want this to be a commercial entity, but social goods still needs to be hot, be part of it. And I think that's not always an easy balance to strike and you've done it beautifully. So can you speak about that? What advice would you give in when in your decision making on how the two would merge together?
0: That's a great question. And and honesty, uh, Katrina, it's probably one of the things that I've um, had to really think about the most because, as you said, you've you really got to strike a balance. If yeah. it seems too much driven to, I guess, a particular cause, then you yeah. do start to look like an embodied charity. and yeah. People view charities very differently to how yeah. they view businesses, which means that they don't engage, interact or buy the same. Um, At the same time, we don't want it to just be our faces and not showing the social good that we're doing. So, for me, it was all about okay, well, first and foremost, we're a business. So, we've got to show that we have quality of product and quality of service as the main two things. If people like the product and they feel like it's good quality, it's excellent quality, and they like the service, um, and then obviously they like the story around what we're doing, that will really help. So, if we can get those three things, um. Correct, and then we're also showing. Okay. Well, look. As part of us and the mm-hmm. excellence that we're showing, or um, what you like about us, we are also helping this cause. Yeah. Then it's almost like a bonus instead of yeah. okay. Well, you just uh, you're just a charity. And I, the thing is, charities have had a really hard time, especially during COVID. They yeah. saw dropping. They saw giving drop tremendously because mm-hmm. corporates just couldn't do it. Um, and personally, everyone was obviously conservative with it their cash yeah. um, there's a lot of uncertainty um, so I know how difficult it is for them but we have to make sure that we are distinct from them and what we're doing what we're showing otherwise we're not able to help them as much as we can as yes. a business so yeah. it's it's basically just getting those things on point and then kind of using not as an afterthought but using it as an additional bonus yeah. so that people keep viewing us as a brand but they realize that we do social good instead of. Instead of seeing us as a charity that sells in mm-hmm. clothes.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, on the matter, on the topic of storytelling, I feel like, I don't know if that's conscious or not, but you're a, your brand, you're great at storytelling through your brand.
0: And I think that that
1: comes through in your social media as well. So, can we speak about that? Because a lot of people ask me about social media strategy. And you seem to have it down packed. So let's, can can we talk about your approach to social media, how you've managed to tell the story and weave it into your social media strategy? Because you're not even someone that posts every day or all the time. But when you look at your grid, you get a real sense of what this is. Um, And everything that you do post is quality. So yeah, let's talk about that.
0: Well, firstly, thank you. Um, (laughs) I would be, uh, yeah, I'd be lying um, if I said, okay, well, look, I... sat down got a piece of paper and said okay this is going to be our strategy this is how we're going to do it this is how we're going to post brilliant done um it was more organic Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in learning okay how does this work because in in my personal life I'm a social media consumer I just Mm -hmm. love consuming I I read the memes I read the news I, I read everything um not so much I poster so that was something that I had to learn in regards to okay well what do I consume? What do I like consuming? But what do people expect to consume from the brand? Okay, cool. Now, how do I tell the story of Grace the Humble in a way that can easily be consumed? So at first, it was very heavy on the, this is who we are, this is our purpose, this is what we do. So that was drilled in for um, for the for the primary part of when we started pushing on me- social media yeah. in 2020, yeah. which is our purpose, our purpose. So people are like, okay, I understand. They do this, they do that, they do that. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. You know our purpose. Now you've um you followed us. Now we're going to start telling, showing you more about our product and how our product takes the forefront, but you always have in the back of your mind, okay, this is actually what they do. This is their purpose. Mm-hmm. This is what they're for. And we're trying to tell a story stylistically. So yeah. I know um there, there's a lot of uh, brands who, they'll have like different quotes and, and trust me, we tried that or different mm-hmm. bi- different informational pieces. And I think they're, they're very good. But for us, we want to tell more so of a visual story.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And and that comes through in regards to how we post, how often we post and what we're showing. And again, that's evolving. So you'll see um, in probably two, three months time, we've evolved in the way that we're going to tell the story and how we believe it can be consumed, but also getting ourselves across in the best way. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much, Bev. Glad to have you here. Um, So, yeah, there's a few things there. So one is that when it comes to social media, you have to find your own rhythm. I think that's really important because so often we want the holy grail. And the holy grail for you is not going to be the holy grail for me. So you have to find your rhythm. And again, it starts from purpose. What are you trying to accomplish and start from there? And um, I also like the evolution. So the fact that you said you started with purpose, um, then you built on the product. But you can only do that when you know what all those things are. So even though right. you weren't intentionally strategic, you were naturally strategic because there was a, a really strong underpinning. So I think if those there were a couple of things I wanted to take home from that, um that that would be it. Um so I love that. So you know we're gonna we're coming into land now. So if you guys have any questions, drop them in the comments. Um, take full advantage of this opportunity to ask whatever you want to ask. And so while we're waiting to see um, if any questions come in, what does the next, say, six months to a year look like for Grace of the Humble? (laughs)
0: That's a very good question. So we do have plans. Uh, The next six months to a year, so we're going to start releasing some limited edition ranges. As you know, summer's coming up. It's going to be a very Mm -hmm. important time for us. So we're going to launch a few pieces that are different from what you've seen so far um, in the summer for uh, men and women. So that's going to be great. Uh, Again, moving forward, we're going to build on our basic product range, but we're going to release more limited edition. So you'll see Mm -hmm. it's more seasonal. We have things for a season. When they sell out, we're not restocking it again. We're going to work in that capacity. Um, We're also going to fully automate. So Mm -hmm. we're working on logistics in regards to getting um, products delivered within, for instance, 48 hours. Um, We would love to do that because, again, customer service is at the forefront of what we want to do. So yeah. we're not happy until we're, we're moving like Amazon and you're getting things at the end of the day. But until <laughs> that time, <laughs> we're working on our logistics. Um, also, we are um, expanding where we're targeting. So as I said, um, in the US, um, has been a, a fairly new venture for us in regards to where we're targeting. But there are mm-hmm. other areas in the US that are starting to open up. So we're going to be looking to target that and we'll be doing that through micro-influencers. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll be be moving more through micro-influences and helping them show us, helping us show you our story in a different way.
1: Great. Before I get to this question, actually, before I get to this question, where can people buy your stuff? (laughs) Yeah, you need a great, humble piece. You really, really do. So where can they go uh, grab uh, a great, humble item?
0: Yeah, of course. So uh, if you go to mm-hmm. um you can buy directly from our, our e-commerce store. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow us on social. So our Instagram is gracetthumble. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the same for our Twitter. So again, gracetthumble. Um, mm-hmm. You can follow us there as well. But yeah, um, we're actually, well, the website will be redesigned. Again, that's another thing that will be happening in the next six months. So as you see it now, it looks good. In six that's months, it will look brilliant. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that.
1: Great. So questions from uh, Beverly Sydney. Yeah. What is the key to telling a story for your brand?
0: We, just as humans, just from a psychological point of view, as humans are storytelling beings. We love yeah. to hear things in story. When we're learning our nursery rhymes, sorry, when we're learning learning an alphabet, we do it nursery rhymes, it's just a story, basically. Um, Or when we're younger, we we, we hear a lot of stories to implement certain um, principles or morals. We love a story. And the key thing about brands is that people won't stick with a brand um, if they don't believe there's a story to it. If they don't believe that there's something, a thread that they can follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and by just having that thread that you can follow just by hearing that story, you can almost feel part of it um, yeah. in your viewing of it or your understanding of it. So for me, that's the main thing about telling a story. It helps people be part, but it also helps people understand where you're coming from. And in some instances, it can help people understand where you want to go.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks for that question, Beverly. Um, so another one. I'm in the US, but I'd love to get a t shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So we ship, we ship to the to US. Well, we ship currently ship all over the world, uh, but we do ship to the US. So yeah, please go on go on a website, find what you like, and um and purchase them. We'll get that to you. So mm-hmm. um I believe with US shipping, um the lead time is about it should be about ten to fourteen days. Mm-hmm. So um not not too too long.
1: So how do you stay motivated during this time? Good question, <laughs> Wendy.
0: Well, um, I have a wife and a child, so no joking. Um, yeah, no, um, obviously they they are a big part of my motivation. But um, what keeps me motivating again is the concept that we spoke about at the beginning, honoring the idea. For me, grace of the humble isn't just something to throw away. I feel like the idea was something that was to be purely, to be fully implemented. and if I stop short of that then I'm not honoring the idea that I've been given so that's the main motivation for me moving forward um apart from that just seeing the impact that it's had as well um the feedback that people have have given me motivates me um as well to keep things going and also just the potential of what I envision Grace the Humble being that's always a massive motivation yeah love that and I think I just want to add here
1: Wendy is that I think sometimes we give too much credence to motivation. I think it's important. But actually, most of the time as an entrepreneur, there is none. You have to be <laughs> that And that is the real. That is the real. Like there's no That's one there. Like in those moments where it's like, I don't like I can drag myself up to do this. Unless you have something within you, it's just like, you know what I mean? And that is the truth. It's often not there. And it's you kind of grafting and grinding for this vision that, really only you can see fully. And even then you can't even see it fully. So that's that's the truth, Wendy. Um, Yeah.
0: I'm I'm happy you picked up on that actually, just because um yeah, no, you're completely right. Um there are times where you're motivated. There's times where you have no motivation, but things gotta get done. So (laughs) you have to do them. And I think it's more so about having the principle there. Um but also having a system whereby it enables you to do things even when you're not high energy, as it were.
1: Exactly. Systems is key having systems that will work for you when you're not working is absolutely fundamental. That's why I love what you're doing around automation and all that stuff. So what advice would you give to someone who is looking at online shopping as part of their business model?
0: What advice would I give? Okay. Well, there's so many different parts. Again, as I said, I have a a background in affiliates and um, digital marketing. So I know that a lot of how well um, online shopping does is to do with the domain um, authority um, i'm not going to go too far into detail but you just got to make sure that you are doing the right thing so that a search engine like google is picking mm-hmm. you up um if you're not if your seo isn't right so your search engine optimization isn't right then people can't find you by chance or people can't find you if they're looking for what you do so i'll say one of the key things is just to make sure you're able to get your seo one point make sure that you've secured your um, website domains um you wouldn't Believe the amount of people who have a business name, and then they go to look at the domain and it's taken. Yes. So yeah, that that's a big one, and you don't want that issue because if you do manage to get everything else right, somebody else has your main domain. They leak traffic from you, and then they can kind of um hold you to ransom with selling that to you. So those are, those are two things. Um, apart from that, I would just make sure. I would say make sure that you again automate if you're able to automate and make things as simple as possible. I use Shopify, but I know there are other, um, there are other um, providers that you can use to help you just automate as much as you can and make things as easy as possible. Because when you're looking at online shopping, there's so many different moving parts that the more you can relieve, um, the more you can in- um, automate, the, the easier the journey for you and the less stress that you have in the long term.
1: So Fidelis, that has been so rich and so good. And I think I'm actually going to go and watch the replay myself. (laughs) Uh, So so if you want to catch the replay, it will be on um, uh, my YouTube channel. So just search The Launch Strategist and you'll find it there. It will be there um, on the page um, along with previous episodes as well. Fidelis this has been amazing I knew it would be I knew you would come with the fire and bring all these nuggets of wisdom so thank you thank you thank you for agreeing to do the interview it's been so rich I always learn so much um from these episodes as well like I said I'll be going back to watch the replay as well so thank you so much um before we sign off is there any kind of last words um or anything else that you would want to leave the viewers with
0: definitely firstly uh thank you Katrina. it's it's been wonderful so i really appreciate it Um, i really enjoyed it um to the viewers yes for me there's so much opportunity right now so Mm. what i would say to you is just go for it just grab Mm. it
1: yeah absolutely and that is a consistent kind of message that we're hearing throughout just kind of Go for it. Um, for those of you who have watched live and are catching the replay, we appreciate your presence. Thank you for joining us this evening. Have an amazing evening, the rest of the week. Um, and we'll speak soon. I'll be back here. Um, look out for the next day. You'll have to stay posted either on the YouTube channel or on LinkedIn. Um, and please, please do go grab yourself a product, a, a clothing item from Grace to the Humble. Fidelis, one more time, the website address, please
0: www.gracetothehumble.co.uk Yep,
1: go follow Grace to the Humble on all the socials as well and uh, we will speak to you soon. God bless you.